ideally the creator is somebody that's in your target demographic. Like, I mean, the ultimate is like, it's literally somebody that's using your product already. So they can come in and be like, I like this for this reason and this reason. I want to know more about it for, I wanted to know more about it through this and this, so they can create content really easily like that. But like what I try to, when we're doing this recruiting is like, who is your ideal customer? And then we go and try and find that person that knows how to make TikToks that happens to be in your demo. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f- up. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at maga.io. AJT, hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, brother. I'm excited. I'm super stoked. This topic, I get asked a lot by a lot of people in the marketing community, and I know you're the expert on it because I see you all over TikTok. And I see you all over LinkedIn. So stoked for this. But I want to start like, how did you get into this like social media creator space? Great question. Social media, I would say like I have always been like lightly in because I was an absolute fiend of MySpace when I was in middle school. So that was like I was uh, I was creating MySpaces for people. Then Facebook happened and I dove really heavily into that. And then from there, Instagram and like I was playing pro hockey during all of these times. Like I was a hockey player and I think social media was my way of staying connected to my friends at home when I wasn't living at home. Cause I'd, I moved to Canada to go play hockey when I was 15. So I was like a high school kid that was living with a random family and not really getting the high school experience. So, so Facebook was like me being able to stay in touch with them. Then Instagram came out. And when Instagram came out, it was like the first platform that you could really build a following on based off of the things you were doing in your life. And that for me was like really intriguing. And so I started like posting photos onto Instagram. And that was like something that just like really captivated me. I was like, oh, this is something I really enjoy. So I was doing it for fun. And then when I retired from hockey, my girlfriend, who's now my fiance, was starting to post videos in the like fitness, health and wellness niche. And I saw her page start to like really grow. And I was helping her with that. And so like the last couple of years of my hockey, I was like, all right, I know this is going to be what I do next. And so then when I retired, it was like, all right, I'm going all in on, on social now. I love that. I love that. I, I had the same kind of background. Like I played college football and I use social media just to be like, oh, what are my homies doing back at home? Like, yep. and, and then I actually wish I had social media when I was playing sports. That would have been like the, this era of social media where I could have posted my Dude, journey and stuff. I like agree. That. Could not agree more. <laughs> but yeah, I want to get into like, what do you do for brands today? And then get into like the process of like, what makes good TikTok content? What makes good social media content in general? Cool. What I'm doing right now, like on a day-to-day, I run what I would consider an agency, but I actually look at it as like an anti-agency because what I'm doing is I teach companies how to film and create and build on TikTok in-house organically. And so what I'm doing is I sit with them and I don't actually film anything. I don't edit anything. I don't post anything. I don't community manage. I handle none of the deliverables because I actually think that on TikTok for two reasons. One the output is so high that it would be enormous like uh, uh, the the amount that you would need to pay an agency to really do it effectively would just be so high that i feel like it's more of an economic reason for them to do it in house but the second reason is 
it's too hard for an agency to really know the ins and outs of a company. And that's really the, like the bread and butter on TikTok is showing the ins and outs of the company, like literally like day in the life and like what our office looks like, like who Jim from accounting is and all that stuff. And so I think that for those reasons, it's smarter for brands to bring the content in-house and do it with somebody that's on their team. And so I think it's smarter for me to teach them rather than for me to make the content myself. So I have a strategy team. I teach the brands how to do it in-house. If for some reason they're like, hey, we don't want to film it ourselves because we don't have time or like just none of us know how to run TikTok, TikTok. Now all, we started going and actually acting as a recruiting firm. So I'll go and find TikTok creators who not influencers and not UGC, like literally kids that want to be employees of your company and run your brand is looking to be an independent contractor or an employee of your company and run your account full-time who's like a member of the team and like becomes glue in that environment. And so those are the two things that I'm going really hard into. And like, I just think it's what everybody's going to end up needing to do because of, again, those costs of hiring an agency to run the content and the really what's working well on TikTok. I love that approach of, and I see you talk about that a lot because I believe that trend's the same in B2B for all social media. Like, I feel like, like expertise has become like a thing that you need in house. Like, how are you going to talk to your audience if you don't understand? Like, if your audience is as plumbers and like the whole content team has never done a plumbing job, you totally. can't be authentic being a plumber. I love the, I want to talk more about that. And like, what are like some things like you tell brands to do on TikTok? Like, what is the process of creating great content on TikTok? We could talk about yeah. other social platforms too, but they're yeah. basically mocking TikTok right now. The, um, first and foremost, the thing that like, so really like what got me into all of TikTok was first being a creator myself. And so I should, I should preface this by saying like, the reason that I started my agency is because I am a creator myself. And then I started seeing brands come to me asking me if I could teach them. And so then I was like, this is going to be a thing that I want to do and enjoy doing. So I didn't come into this as an agency that was doing Instagram or SEO or any of that other stuff before. I was just a creator that happened to be getting this business and was like, I'm going to build this shit into something cool. And so while I was doing the the creator stuff, I started a TikTok house. It was the first adult TikTok house. We saw the the rise of like Hype House and all these other like TikTok houses happening. So we were like, let's start the first adult one that will be more of like a real world MTV real world mixed with like a well and good like health and wellness kind of thing. And so that happened and we went from zero to a million followers in 60 days being in an Airbnb. And so when that happened, that was really what brands started hitting me up for. They're like, teach us. We saw you doing Honey House. Can you teach us how to do this? And so what really worked for us that now I use for companies is nothing started to stick until we started doing a series. So what that means is like doing a video concept that you could do multiple parts of that people would get re- would recognize you and go to your page and want to watch those other parts. So for us, we did something called the Honey Cup Challenge. It was literally like household objects doing like slide on the floor with socks and whoever goes the farthest distance, like literally random things like that. But it would be Honey Cup Challenge part one, part two, part three, part four. So people would see part six on their For You page and then they would go to our page and they would watch, go and watch these other ones or they would want to watch these other ones so they would follow us. And so one thing that I think a lot of brands are doing that is not working for them is they're just doing trends. 
because they see these people doing these trends and they see these like viral trends, like the renegade and like things like that. They're like, let's go and do that, but let's put our product in it. And it doesn't work because everybody goes from the For You page to your profile and sees you just do trends. And they're like, I don't want to follow this. So the first thing that I always tell companies is like, what I want to help you do is come up with like, what's the series that we can, we can do on our page. And like to go a level deeper with that is I think in all advertising, making videos just about your product doesn't work. It needs to be like, what is, what is like either the tangential to our product or what does our product allow you to do? Or what is like the values or like the core of like what our product is trying to express. And let's make videos about that rather than about the product itself. And so I see, again, a lot of companies that are just like going really hard into here's the nutritional facts and here's like the price points and da, 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 which is cool. Like that should be out there in some ways, but that's not like what the videos need to be about. It needs to be about like, all right, we're a coffee company. Like what is coffee like around? Like coffee is like, you know, productivity and meetings and like going and like having conversations with friends and like, that's the shit that you should be making your videos about. And then like put your coffee company like in there. And so that's what I try to do with them. I sit there. I'm like, cool. You guys are a scooter company. Like, what does that allow you to do? Like, let's go make videos about that. Yeah. I think that super smart. I think also like the one point that I love that you bring up is that like, you have to be recognized for like something you do like, and brands, a lot of mistakes they make is that I see is like, what am I coming back to like follow you for? Like, I don't want to come back to watch like a company ticker. Like I'll just come back and like, I'll come back when I want to come back, but why do I need to follow this? Like, it's not educating me. It's not like entertaining me. It's doing nothing like that. So what do you recommend of like, how should brands like look for like a creator to like come in house to like do this for them? Like what are like some things to look for? Ideally, the creator is somebody that's in your target demographic. Like, I mean, the ultimate is like, it's literally somebody that's using your product already. So they can come in and be like, I like this for this reason and this reason. I want to know more about it for, I wanted to know more about it through this and this, so they can create content really easily like that. But like what I try to, when we're doing this recruiting is like, who is your ideal customer? And then we go and try and find that person that knows how to make TikToks that happens to be in your demo. So that's what I would look for in a creator, ideally. Outside of that, you want to look for somebody that in the follower range, every company wants somebody that has 100,000 plus followers that is like a massive, has a massive audience that somehow wants to run their brand's account. It's like none of these guys want to run your brand's account. They're already the brand themselves. So what I actually think is the like smart and like really like the sweet spot for creators to be hired in-house is actually this like 5,000 to like 50,000 follower range. And they haven't monetized their page yet. And they're technically like, I would consider them like an underrated creator because they're getting views and they're building their own page up, but they haven't like had that consistent income to where they're like, yo, I'm never working for a brand again. And they would be stoked to run your brand's page. And then the add-on would be if they're in your demo and if they're a user of your product, that would be like a, a home run. But we try to find somebody that's like, they can create the content. They're good at, t- they understand TikTok and the platform. They're on their way to building their own audience. So they know how to build audience and they're brand safe, of course. And the main thing is they want to do this. Because a lot of these creators that companies want to work for, they go to like influencers. Hey, do you want to run our account? We see that you have 100,000 followers. You're using our product. And the influencer is like, yeah. 
I want $10,000 a month or $15,000 a month, or I want $1,000 a video. And it's like, no company is looking for that. You can find one of these smaller creators for $3,000 a month to make 30 videos. And they're absolutely stoked to be doing it because they haven't worked with all these brands in the past. And this is their like first like brand deal. That's super smart. I also think like that approach of like, going to those creators for like, would you talk about a, a lot, but like for UGC and stuff like that, because they don't, they, they know how to create good content. Obviously you see on their page, but they, they're not going to be that like huge one that is going to charge you like 10,000, 20,000, $30,000 a post. Um, yeah. I think influencer, I think influencer marketing, it's just reaching scale where it's like getting so spread. And I mean, more creators rather than influencers. I do think influencers is still going to be a an important like strategy. It's just a separate one, and I think that now because of brands needing more organic rather than just like they need influencers to post about them, brands needing more organic and needing it to be more consistent. Now it's opened up this like it's opened up this bucket of creators that typically brands would be like, we're not, we have nothing to do with those guys. Three thousand followers, we don't even care about you. Like we're looking for somebody that's way higher price point and higher ticket. And just like one post from them. But now it's like all of these like creators that are typically underrated can be pulled in-house and be very affordable and then also be super stoked about it. And I think that that's going to be happening more and more at scale for not just only for like organic, but also like you said, for UGC, for own channels outside of just TikTok. Like I just think that these like creators that are typically underrated are now going to be really useful. We all know that the marketing technology landscape is insane. There are thousands of tools to choose from, and it could be really daunting to pick the right one. Well, we partnered with our friends over at Maga.io to get you the book that makes it easier. Build cool shit. It's honestly the most complete guide to building a tech stack today, and we can't recommend it enough. Just text millennial to 415-915-9011. That's millennial to 415 415- Nine one five nine zero one one to get your copy today. I want to also like flip it on the other side, like sit from the creator point of view. Like, say, like how? What is your process of like? Because I see you posting on TikTok all the time, and then like posting on LinkedIn. Like, how do you think about creating content as a creator? Like, doing all these TikTok videos, like say I film a video, then I do this, then I do that. Like, do I send it to an editor? Like, what does that process look like? For me as a creator, I have been trying to build my profile to have it be the least amount of editing possible. And like, I've literally tried to train the algorithm to just like, let my videos that it take two seconds perform by just doing more of them and trying to figure out what the people in the audience like. And now my videos take me like three minutes because I literally just click record and ramble and I don't care about the background or the setting or anything like that. But saying that, like, I, I do think that when you think about like the word like creator, for anybody that's been in this like content space over the past 10 years, creator meant videographer, editor with a DSLR camera. It never meant iPhone shooter and editing on your phone. It meant like a real videographer that can ha- that had chops to use like Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Premiere and Photoshop and all that stuff. And now I think it's just changing because of something like TikTok that has really given like very essential editing tools in the platform that I tell all of the creators that are 
that I'm working with, with companies, I'm like, bro, just film in TikTok and edit in TikTok. Like get to that place with your videos because the production that is needed in the platform of TikTok, it, it, the more you put into a video doesn't equate to more views. And so I'm like, if that's the case and you don't need it to look like super fancy and polished and pretty, go and film in TikTok and just figure out what the audience is really liking so you can just eliminate all of that time in your editing process. So I film stuff in, in TikTok. I write down my ideas in, in a notes app and then I film it whenever I have a moment. I go and film it and I film it in TikTok. I edit it in TikTok. I post it in TikTok. I love that. that that's the way, I mean, I think that's like, it's funny because like, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter and like people say like, what's your like content strategy? Like, what do you do? And a lot of the time it's just like, it was something in my notes app that I wanted to just like post in that moment. It's not something that's like planned out for 30 days. Like I actually like just, I was thought it was a cool idea to post in that moment for my audience. So I just posted it. Um, I love that. It's not like this fancy, like, you have to have this like 60 day content schedule, maybe for like the series you're talking about, they have to like think about it. Cause it's more of a brand, but like individual content creator, it's like, they're following you because of like your person, the person you are and the like knowledge base you have. Brands are different because they have to have a personality. They're like, they, there's no face of a brand. Like you need a face to a brand where a human has a face and they have a personality and you can share it through content. Completely agree. And I think that that's the goal for anybody is like, if you don't need to have it be polished, why would you want to have it be polished other than the fact that you're like trying to like, you know, appeal to something or like not show insecurities or whatever. But if you don't absolutely need to have it be polished, I'm like, yo, figure out what works in the unpolished version because you're going to save so much time from sending that to an editor or like needing to set up a set. Like all of that stuff is just adding more time to your plate that if it's not needed, remove it. Do you have like a structure? Like, is there like a structure that like, okay, first like three seconds is hook, then meet yeah. and this, like, is there like a structure that makes a good post? For most videos? Yeah. So hook is super important. Like the first three seconds, it's very much like you need to grab people's attention because they're just sitting on a for you page with no understanding of what's going to come next. And so you have to do something that's going to grab their attention. They're not going they don't know that they know you like on Instagram, your for your homepage is people that you have chosen to follow, you know? So, you know, you're going to see somebody that you, that you, um, already have uh, signed up to. And so there's a little bit more of like a, you're ready for like, whatever's going to come across your for you page is all random. And so you need to do something that out of all the millions of people that can come across theirs, they want to, they need to stop and see you. And so that first three seconds is super important. I like to look at it as like, there's three different things that are important in that. One is the visual, which is like literally like what they're seeing with their eyes. Number two is the audio, which is like what they're hearing, meaning you speaking and the music that you choose if you do choose some sort of music. And then the third thing is some sort of text overlay if you want to put text or if you don't. But those are the three things that kind of make up the hook. And so those are really, really important. And it's something that you do want to get their attention with. I like to do something that is, I try to use the word you, like, this is going to be a really important video for you to watch, you know? And then people are like, ah, shit, it's me. They're talking to me. No, just like something that pulls them in a little bit more. Some people do it where there's no, where it's not speaking into the camera and it's the text over and it's, and it's like, 
just the words like day in the life of a coder at Facebook and you don't see the person, but it's still intriguing. The ethos of the hook is within the first second to three seconds, you need to captivate that person's attention and want them to watch the rest of the video. The rest of the video doesn't matter nearly as much as the hook does. I love that. I mean, I see, I see like popular creators do that all the time, like a day in the life of like a college student eating like diet plan or something like that. And it's like all the time, but like, that's what I just wanted like to bring up. Like you get used to doing that, like used to doing that all the time because you know, but like, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like, like you have to have these like elements to like grow on these platforms you can't just be like oh i'm going to put out this video of me recording and like it's going to do something it's actually like it takes practice to get to the point but like you need a a structure behind it it's organized chaos yeah it needs to have like a little bit of structure to it but then from there it's just literally just testing because even right now like i would say that i feel like i'm one of the best people in the world at putting tiktoks out on this platform and understanding what works and what doesn't. And even right now for me, I'm like, there is so many moments where I'm like, this is going to be a banger. This video is going to crush it. And I post it and it does absolutely nothing. And then on the flip side, there's other videos where I'm like, I'm just going to put this out. I don't feel good about it. It probably won't work at all. And it like really crushes it. And so a lot of the times it still is like just up to the algorithm and there's really no like real reasoning for it. And so that's where I'm like the organization like, yes, there should be some sort of structure to the video. But after that, it's really like a lot of the times it's just output. It's just testing and trying and hoping that they work. I want to also ask you the question about like, how do you temper like expectations of these platforms? Like, because a lot of people are going to be like, okay, you say get on TikTok, like, and it does have good organic reach compared to like a Facebook or like a Twitter. But it's not, it could not, it could happen to you on your first post. It could happen to you on your 65th post. Like how mm-hmm. do you temper like brands expectation of like not looking at these vanity metrics and just doing the content and testing what works out there? The first thing I really try to do is like tell people not to do things for the metrics of views and likes and all of that. Because I think if you make your videos and I'll use specifically for me, for my own content, When I started making my videos as if I was speaking to one person on the other side of the screen, and as long as I got one view on the video, I felt like I was actually making a change in that dude's, whether it was his day or like the way that he did his, his structuring of notes or whatever the video is that it's about. As long as I felt like I was making that video for one person and I got one view on it or one comment on it, I was like, all right, I'm improving because I actually still feel like that with my content right now is like, If I look at all the views and I'm like, oh, I need to be making these videos to get another 50,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 views, I just end up getting lost into just doing things to meet the algorithm rather than if I really make videos trying to just impact the person or get the point across in the way that I would explain it to a friend of mine or to really just like explain it nicely, then it's like if the video still gets 5,000 views, it really impacts those people out of those 5,000. It really impacts those people. Whereas I have videos that get 100,000 views, but in those 100,000, it popped off because it was like a sound or it was like trending, a hashtag that I used was trending. And it really only impacted 50 people out of that 100,000. So I look at it as more like, if I'm doing this to like actually impact 
and like really build a community that fucks with what I'm saying, I'm doing it for that one person on the other side of it. And then the, mat- the metrics don't really matter that much. And that's the way that I think you can continue going because anybody that's been on TikTok for a while has gone through these waves of like, you get a ton of views and then you get less views. And if you're just doing it for views, it's really easy to get burned out. So I really try to look at like, let me just do this for the person on the other side and actually feel like I'm making these videos for them. And it just builds a lot of longevity. Yeah, I love that. I think the way I think about it in like a LinkedIn point of view, I was like, some content is going to be like, you're going to this huge networking con- like conference and you can talk to a bunch of people, but nobody really has that in-depth, like not everybody has that in-depth expertise in you. And then you can go to like, your other post could be like a mastermind group where you're talking to five people and it's like you're you're spinning like great like marketing stuff together and it's like both those content are great but one's gonna affect like those 10 people because they like understand marketing a lot and then others is going to be like relevant because you're talking to a bunch of people like in a networking conference that both are great but that's why like I temper expectations like that in my head, like saying like, one's going to be like, I'm, it's going to be like a mastermind group. Like not many people are going to think of like me. And I even try to make, I would say I even try to make majority of my videos for that, like small group of people rather than thinking, because the goal is, I mean, the goal with anybody's video, even like subconsciously is like, you want it to be seen by more people, obviously. Like I want all my videos to have 10 million views on them. But like, I don't, if I look at that as like, that's, the actual goal that I'm trying to have just a really bad recipe for like long-term content creation or like any, any success. So I look at it as like, I want this video to really impact those five people. And yeah, if it gets seen by those million more than those five people will get impacted. But if I just keep making it for those five people, I'm just going to be able to keep moving. And that's really what like the long-term longevity needs is for you just to continue putting videos out and not get bogged down by like the highs and lows of like the waves of views i love it i mean i think you have like the perfect experience of that of like playing hockey right like all those there's going to be great practices and you're going to have shitty practices but like the great practices over time will make you like that professional hockey player it's like the same with like content it's a great point it's a great point it's like for me as like a like football helped me with like the social game because i knew like I'm going to have a bad workout one day. I'm going to have a good workout one day, but like, I know like, even if I'm doing a bad workout, it's better than doing no workout like that day. Like, and it's going to keep me like going to like the next day and the next day. And I'm having momentum going into it. But like, if I took a month off of working out and try to get back into playing, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm screwed now. I have to like restart everything. Um, Bro, When you were just saying that, that like 100%, I've actually never even thought about it in this kind of analogy, but like, all of the videos that I'm putting out are the same way of me practicing shots in practice. Like literally like I'm practicing the same shot every single time so that when I go into a game, it's literally just the repetitions of me practicing that, that I'm now doing in a different setting. It's the same way I feel with my videos. All of the videos I'm doing are literally just me doing the same repetitions. And when one of them pops off, it's literally no different of a practice than me doing the ones that haven't. It's just something has changed. The environment has changed that now this one has worked. But if you go into them with that same attitude of like, all right, I want to impact this one person. I'm going to do this video. I'm going to do it the best of my ability. And hopefully it works. Like you end up getting there. Yeah, I I love that analogy because I think 
for me, that's how I get through it too. It's like just that sports thing. And also like practice is meant to be harder than the games. Like that's the point of practice. The practice is supposed to give you a harder situation than when it's perfect timing, perfect conditions, perfect everything to make like with a crowd and everything. Practice is like when nobody's looking, what are you doing to improve yourself? Like how are you going to be harder? How is this going to be harder than when a crowd's looking at you? So like, I think that's the perfect way. Like that's how I think of, I think a lot of people get lost in like that consistency. Like I think consistency is like the biggest thing that like people get screwed up creating content. It's not that they're bad at creating content. It's like, you Dude, that's, and that's why, I, that's why I really think people should not do it for the views. Cause if, if you don't, if you don't look at the views, like if you look at them, I kind of look at it as like macro and micro or like big picture. Yeah. You want views to like be increasing. But if you look at, if you're like, analyzing every single video of like, this one needs to get views and this one needs to get views. You're going to get burned out because it's a terrible thing to prioritize as like your overall metric rather than if you look at it, like, I just want to impact that one person or a couple people. I really just want to even just even smaller than that, put my ideas out there and hope that somebody in the world finds them valuable. Like then it's just, all you're doing is just doing that same thing. And all the rest of it is just a byproduct. And so I really am like all the brands that I work with, First of all, I tell every one of them, we're not judging views until we post 90 videos, 90 videos. Then we can look at them and be like, this series doesn't work. This series works. This series doesn't work. You get some historical data. You can look at it. But like, if you're just going like, all right, I posted five videos and none of them got more than a thousand views. You haven't done the, you need to just keep going. Great point. I think, I think that's also like the hard thing to explain to brands. Cause like so many people are very like that's what's hard about social and like it's very new even though it's been around for like 20 years or so but i think so many marketers are revenue driven and it's like i need to hit this metric i need to show finance that i'm doing this like and it's like dude if you just waited 90 days your finance will be like saying, keep doing more of that. Like, why aren't you just totally. waiting in 90 days? Just wait and see it works. Like, um, and I understand that. Like I, like I've definitely had companies that are like, yo, this needs to work because we are allocating budget to this. And so I totally am empathetic to that and understand where they're coming from. I think if you're going into your marketing with all of it needing to work and like really directly relate to sales, I think you might be looking at it the wrong way. Because I, I even as a consumer, if I'm looking at a video and I don't immediately, if I don't immediately go and buy that product, and then they can no no longer attribute me seeing that original video as like the reason why I buy it. But three months down the road, I'm in Whole Foods and I saw that video three months ago, and now I'm in Whole Foods and I buy it. That's because I saw that video, but it's not getting directly related to that video because there's no link that I'm clicking for you to track that. And so I would, I would say that that reason that I bought that product is because I saw the TikTok, but you're not seeing that on the back end. And so I think when people go and look at it as like, this needs to directly relate to ROI and I need to see it immediately attribute to that. That's where I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it like that because I don't think it paints the full picture. I actually have a funny story about that. Like, I think I saw a TikTok of you talking about like your sister who runs Poppy. And then I like went like, 
probably like three weeks later went to like Erewhon and I was like oh Poppy like that's like and I associated I'm like oh I should try this brand like it's cool like you, your sister would have never known that I it's a I great it's that. a great story yeah. yeah see i didn't get commission off of that yeah sure. now you can you can you can yeah, go and exactly. like, take it back exactly. yeah but, but that's yeah. a great that's exactly what i mean exactly what i mean also one question i also had is like so you're crushing tiktoks like how do you like take that and repurpose it in other like social media streams so mm-hmm. it also fits like that like yeah so obviously like you can do some things close on Instagram, but you don't want to like have the exact same, like, cause Instagram's a little different, like LinkedIn, you, you don't post all like, like, like your, yeah. your content. So TikTok is, TikTok is what I consider top of the funnel. So TikTok is what I do. It's my original piece of content that I go and put everywhere else in different formats. So I'll make like right now I'm posting like two or three TikToks a day. And like, I'll have all of those. And I actually have somebody on my team that will save them without a watermark and put them in uh, like right now we use a scheduling called late, a set scheduling app called later. So we'll go and put for Instagram, we'll go and take all of my TikToks that I think would apply to my Instagram audience and we'll upload them in later. And then we'll schedule them and all go in and write the captions so that they're contextual to Instagram. And then when they get put po- on the day, when they get posted, it'll pop up a notification. And actually on Instagram, I don't post the ones on Instagram. My assistant does because I've written the caption and I feel like it's too, I feel like it's close enough to me to where I'm not concerned that if I'm pressing post, I don't feel like I need to be the one pressing post on it. So for Instagram, it's the exact same TikTok that I post. So I'll post it there and then I'll post it to Instagram. Like typically it's like a couple of days later, or a week out, whatever the scheduling is. For LinkedIn, I have all of my videos on TikTok. When I write out the captions on Instagram, I look at the captions and I'll, because I use later for LinkedIn as well, I'll copy that caption into the LinkedIn post and I'll just reformat it in a way that I feel like would fit my LinkedIn audience because it's a little bit different of a, of a context and audience. And I don't use the photo or the video. So on Instagram, I'll just take the caption from my video and I'll bring it over to LinkedIn and I'll turn that into just a written piece on LinkedIn. And so I'll schedule those out. Like right now I'm trying to post on LinkedIn once or twice every day and I'll schedule those out. Like I try to schedule them like two weeks in advance so that I'm or a week or two in advance so that I don't have to worry about it on the day of. And then if there's anything else that I want to say on LinkedIn, I just literally go and write it and post it in that moment. But I try to have like at least a week or two on every platform that's like batched and like ready to post other than TikTok, which is literally in the moment I'm filming. Yeah, I actually really like that approach of like, I think you have to have one original like source of like something and then you can bring it out. Like, I think the repurposing is like LinkedIn is not like your main platform, but it's a distribution network for you. Like Instagram's a distribution network for you, but TikTok is like, what do you like my main like focus? Yeah. And like, you don't want to like, you're trying to increase your distribution, but it's like, I'm not like a hundred percent doubling down on LinkedIn right now, but I know it's this content will resonate with like, yeah. And if it was for me, that is um, like, where is like, where is the most juice for the squeeze? Like if I am, if I was feeling like Instagram was just growing exponentially, I would probably shift that and be like, all right, Instagram is now the one that I'm putting as the top of the funnel and I'll put all of my content on Instagram and then we'll distribute to every other place from there. 
but because TikTok is just like absurd with the, where it can distribute to and like the growth on it right now, I still feel like TikTok is where I want to place most of my attention. And then from there, everything kind of like trickles down. And I think that's like the smartest approach. Like start with, I always tell people like start with one and then like start learning others because like for me, I started on LinkedIn, grew LinkedIn, and then I was like, okay, let me go look at Twitter. And now I just, Twitter is my main focus. And then I repurpose back to like LinkedIn now. And wow. I it. So like I flip flop like what I was doing as the model, but like, I was like, okay, I understand LinkedIn now. Like it doesn't take as much effort as when I started because I yep. know I have the rhythm down. I have like that. Like that's how I'm going to do with YouTube. That's how I'm going to do with YouTube. That's which is like my biggest goal of this year is to like really go hard into that platform. That'll probably be where I put more of my attention, but I don't think it'll be my top of my funnel. It'll still be TikTok, but LinkedIn will be like one of those captions that I take from Instagram or not LinkedIn, YouTube. One of the captions I take from Instagram will then be like a YouTube video and it'll be like something that I film and you on YouTube that'll be like longer form. But yeah. It's exactly the way that I think I want yeah, to Yeah, I mean, YouTube is great just because of the search engine, like capabilities of the internet. But like TikTok is basically like everybody spends time on TikTok. That I know. YouTube is the long form. YouTube is the goal for every creator long term, but it's also the hardest because nobody's going on YouTube to explore and find new things that they didn't know about. They're going on there to find shit that they either need answers for or, or shit that they have already watched and want to watch more of. And so that's different than, than Instagram or it's different than TikTok. Cause on TikTok, people are going into that literally 100% with the mindset of like, I'm going on stumble upon right now. And I want to just find new things that I just have like not seen before, or like things that are like in the world that I like that I haven't seen before and find new YouTube is literally like, I need answers. And so I want to go on YouTube and be like, uh, and be appealing to that and be making videos that are searched and like searchable. And it's just a harder, it's just like, it's a harder thing to grow on. And so for when I have brands that are like, we want to do YouTube and we want to just like film a day in the life in our office, it's a, it's a lot harder to do because people aren't going there with that intention. I think also what you're doing is smart is like, you're building like a top of funnel thing to like be a legion to like YouTube where like if you did the opposite, it'd be way harder to for the YouTube be like the legion for like TikTok. Like yep. um you see this all with creators now. Like I some of the biggest creators I follow be like drop look check out my YouTube and then you see like their YouTube subscribers go up and up and up. But that's the cool thing about TikTok, I think, is like it all allow allowed people to like cross promote platforms like very well where like i don't see many other it's the best it yeah. is the best and most power dude i i like legitimately think that in five years it'll be talked about how powerful tiktok is compared to any other platform i think it outperforms any other platform that's ever come out in its like first five years of how powerful it is for everything not not just views and reach but also sales also lead gen, also community building, also app downloads. Like I legitimately think that it's just, it's a perfect storm of the type of content and where people are at and just the way that people want to consume things right now. And also the lack of like a lot of people still being kind of hesitant to it that right now is just a perfect storm that it, when you do it right and it hits, 
it will hit like nothing else out there. And I don't think that there's anything that has done that in the past, even Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, any of those, the way that TikTok is right now organically. I think you've hit on the reasons why, but it's like like the only platform that you can like build like a face-to-face like connection with someone. Like you can't like do that on Instagram. It's like an, an altered version of you back in the day, like, LinkedIn is like more like, oh, behind the scenes talking to someone. Twitter is like, let me share my thoughts. But this one's like, you see someone's face, you hear someone's voice, like you understand their like lifestyle, like you feel so like true. You're friends with that person. So um, true. Also, like the point you made of like the series is like, I know like my fiance goes on TikTok and she'll like see someone she likes and then she'll go down and like look at all her, their videos like and scroll on that page for like an hour straight like she'll get off for you and scroll on that creator and see what they've been created and if you have terrible like content leading up to it like that one banger is not going to get the follow 100 um, percent. yeah cool last question i i have for you is what are like most brands doing like wrong when it comes to like social media in general like what are they what do you see most brands doing wrong trying to sell rather than trying to create content that people want to watch is probably the first thing like really trying to because it goes back to that same thing of like needing it to work i think brands go like if we push our product more if we don't push our product more people won't see it so then we they won't buy it and i don't think that that's actually true so i think the first thing that i would say is like really go into the platform on any new platform and be like, we're trying to build a community and give people things that they want to see rather than sell our product. And selling our product will come through those two things. And so that's what I would say first is like trying to sell. The second thing I would say really is just giving it time. Like give it time and effort. And like, if you're willing to do those, it will work out for you if you don't quit on it. It's the same thing as working out. Like if you go in a gym and you have the right people around you that give you a program and you go in and you just put in time and put in effort, eventually it will work for you. You know, eventually that it gets figured out. It's the same thing for for content uh, and and marketing it. Like I think if you just put in the time and the effort and uh, you don't quit on it, eventually like you work the kinks out and like if, especially if you're going with the right intentions you end up working the kinks out and it works out for you. I also love the gym analogy because I think like some people go to the gym and there are different levels of like fitness, even though they've done it. And it's like some people go in and they have like the natural ability to do something and they can grow a little faster. But if you're just like going to the gym, like starting to get fit, like you might not like it might take you a little longer than that that person a great point. naturally good at that. Dude, that's uh, a great, that's actually a great point. I might use that. I like that yeah, a lot. Of that's course. a great point. Hey, yeah. This has been great. I just want to leave like the last like minute to say where people could find you, find your content, find anything. So any awesome. this is your time. Awesome. So I and I really appreciate this also. So if you are coming from the brand aspect and you're looking for any help with TikTok organically or looking for creators to come and run your account, be hired as like an independent contractor or an employee, the company that we do all of that through is called Creator X. The site is creatorx.fun. 
And if you go to that, like you can see, like you can see brands that we are doing it for right now. You can see brands that we did it for in the past. You can see how to like apply as a brand yourself, all of that stuff. That's like for the, the strategy agency kind of work that I'm doing right now. For me as a, as a person, all of my stuff on all of the platforms is just JT Barnett. And then if you're a creator, um, that same kind of site is a great place for you to go and apply to work for companies to be their, their creator your, yourself. And like, if you're a creator, I think my page is like a great example of just like how you can just different ways for you to go and start building your content out and like taking yourself serious. Uh, whether that's just literally like starting to film videos or whether that's like starting to build people on your team to like really take it serious, which I think is the whole, the whole next level of like being a creator. But all of that stuff is just through my account, JT Barnett. And I would love, love, love if any of you guys listen to this to come say what up for me, to me, because I'm always looking to meet new people and just kind of connect. Cool. Yeah. And I, I second that go follow him on TikTok and stuff like that. Cause I, I've been learning a lot about like TikTok, even though it's not my specialty I'm up through his page and on LinkedIn and stuff like that. So thank you for joining. Dude, thank you. This has been a really fun one. I actually really enjoyed this.